Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. 630 Chad. Sharks win game one, 3-2 in overtime. Right downstairs, Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. A lot of pace, but I think that wasn't part of... Uh, you know, their checking and their tenacity. That's playoff hockey. It's going to get tighter. It's going to get harder. Um, uh, the other thing I thought they did well was uh, they were about five or seven seconds ahead of us on every change. So they caught us tired a number of times and uh, took advantage of us, hemmed us in. And when we finally got fresh guys out, it was just a dump it out situation. And they come right back in after us. So they did a, they did a good job. They're, uh, they're a savvy team. And um, you know, we're learning lessons as we go. We'll be better next night. When it comes to those penalties, those offensive zone penalties, that, is that just a product of just being so excited, so wired, so jacked up? Because it's, it's been a long time. I don't, I, you know what, I can't even answer that question. I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, some were careless sticks. Some were hooks that we didn't need to hook. Uh, one was a slash we didn't need to slash. And uh, we wasted 11 minutes, I don't know what it was, 10 or 11 minutes penalty killing tonight. It takes a lot of energy out of... Uh, number of individuals, it takes a lot of players out of the rhythm of the game and uh, certainly didn't work in our favor, it's, you know, that's pretty obvious. So you described a lot of things in your first comments, changing sooner, taking the momentum, you guys couldn't get it back. For the last four or five days we've been searching for signs of inexperience from your team compared to San Jose, did you just list them off? Um, I guess I, I probably did, Hey, when you think about it that way. Um, but yet I think we have veteran players that understand that. We've been trying to teach lessons throughout the season uh, about those key things. It's not so much uh, X's and O's and power play breakouts and face-off plays now. It's, it's managing games and momentum and situations. And uh, uh, there's been many games this season down the stretch where we did do that in, in tight pressure situations. Uh, we just didn't do a very good job of it tonight. Todd, with puck control, were you a little, your team a little too fancy with backhand passes or was San Jose just good at clogging it up in the neutral zone and frustrating? No, they, they did a really good job of reloading and, and uh, getting into lanes. Um, you know, they're, they're not, um, they, they just don't chase the puck widely. They analyze things and they're able to sit in the weeds and pick a lot of stuff off when you're lazy and you look for long home run, uh, home run type plays. You have to break that team down. And... Um, you know, some of our guys were looking for home runs, and uh, unfortunately, uh, the batting average was pretty low. So as a coach that will have some, you know, take this team to school tomorrow, I would suggest you'd probably have a pretty attentive group. Uh, well, though, part of, part of our job is to bring them in and, and uh, help them uh, solve their problems and um, we'll watch the video, we'll sit down with them as, as a group and uh, we'll discuss areas that we think we can get better. Um, I think we have the uh, the players and the, 
and the roster to uh, to compete with them. Uh, we just have to execute a lot better, and, and um, you know, some of that's on on San Jose for doing a really good job. You got to tip your hat to them, but a lot of it's on us as well. Todd, uh, you only had nine shots after the first period. Is that, what do you need to do to get more offensive zone time and then more offense? Well, you don't get many shots from the neutral zone on your end, so it's as simple as that. If we don't come out clean and come through the neutral zone uh, with, with good puck support and, and uh, a little bit of tempo, we're not going to get the shots. It doesn't matter. So um, the last place we're going to start is in the offensive zone. We'll, we'll start from ours and work out. Good night. Live comments from Edmonton Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. The Oilers score the first two tonight. The Sharks come on, score the final three. Melker Carlson wins it in overtime, 322 into the extra frame. Thanks a lot for joining us this evening. It's 11:19 Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line inside Rogers Place. Well, Rob, uh, I mean, you you just look at the shots on goal, and, and I, I know you can't always tell a game by the shots, but you, you can tonight. 10-10 in the first period, 10-4 San Jose in the second period, 18-3 in the third, and then even in a relatively short overtime period, 6-2. The Oilers did have a good shift and a half to start OT, but then San Jose just came on again. Well, I, I like the, the one answer that Todd had when they said, you know, you only had nine shots after the first period. What are you going to be able to do to, to get more shots, more offense? And, and he he made the, the, right, the right words came out of his mouth. He said it, it wasn't what we did do offensively. It's how poor we were in our own zone, getting the puck out of our zone. You can't get get shots on net if you're defending and turning the puck over in your own zone. And, and that's what we saw after the first 20 minutes. The Oilers, a number of times in their own zone, uh, throwing pucks into areas that they had nobody there to support. And San Jose won the races to the puck. And every time the Oilers came on the ice, it seems like they were coming back into their own end. Or they had dumped the puck, they were changing, and here comes San Jose again with, uh, with speed. So uh, the Oilers have to be better with their puck management. I think the, the Oilers went on a 12-2 run at the end of the season. They were very good. And there's some of those games, you know, they got some breaks that, that won the games. But they were in every game. Tonight, for a lot of it, they weren't in the game, and it was on their puck management. This is probably the worst we've seen them with turnovers in months. And maybe it's the big stage. Maybe it's the pressure that the San Jose Sharks put on them. Whatever the case, it's easy to clean up because you watch the video and say, okay, here's, here's where the mistakes are. We're a better team than what we showed. So I think the San Jose Sharks... Uh, came in and did what they needed to do in the first game. Now the Edmonton Oilers have got to go out in the second game and prove that they they are worthy and, and a much better team than they showed tonight. And let's go downstairs. Here's San Jose head coach Peter DeBoer. Three, three shots on that or three chances. And, uh, you know, at the end of the first, uh, the message, you know, from me, but more importantly from the guys in the room was, you know, hey, we feel good about about our game. There's a lot of hockey left, and let's just stick with it. You had to like the way, obviously, Tomas Hurdle played tonight. Uh, not only the goal, but just overall, you know, obviously on both ends of the ice, he seemed to have a... Who's... Tomas Hurdle, I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought he was a beast out there tonight. I thought he was awesome. You know, big man. This is his type of hockey. Uh, he was dominant. And, uh, you know, we're going to need more of that from him. 
Uh, Pete, what was your choice to play Carlson on that line, you know, as you were trying to throw together something different yeah. with the Jumbo's absence? Uh, you know, Car- Carly's played with uh, Jumbo and Pab before. Uh, I-, I think uh, the year prior to me getting there, uh, he played he played quite a bit there. Um, and uh, he's an easy guy to put in. Uh, you know, one of the best compliments I think a player can get is when you ask good players who they want to play with, and and he's a guy whose name gets mentioned. I think that's the ultimate compliment. So, uh, you know, it, it's an easy decision on my part when they're asking to play with a guy like that. And, you know, he's as honest a player as there is. He, he plays 200-foot game and a uh, big part of our team. Playoff hockey has always sort of been an exercise in grabbing the momentum and trying not to give it back. You guys did exactly that tonight. You got the momentum and just never gave it up. Is that a sign of experience on your club's part? I don't, I don't know, but you guys keep talking about experience. I mean, I, I thought some of our best players were our young guys tonight. I thought, you know, I thought uh, Sorensen and Meyer and Tierney were, were fantastic. Uh, you know, we... we uh, We've got a group of men in there that uh, that play the right way, and uh, you know have a history of of uh, knowing how to play it this time of year, and and playing selfless and and working for each other. And so I might be the only one who isn't surprised by how we played tonight. That's San Jose head coach Peter DeBoer for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. His team rallying past the Oilers 3-2 in overtime to take game one. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for joining us. The phone lines are open, 780-496-0063. And we'll welcome Cam to the show with the first call after an Oilers postseason game since 2006. Cam, thanks for calling. (laughs) How's it going, guys? We're doing well. Right on. Yeah, I'm not concerned about the loss at all because this this whole postseason's in perspective for me. Um, you know, I thought that it's just a, there's a wide disparity between our bottom nine, our part, pardon me, our nine to twelve, and uh, tonight it extended probably between eight and twelve. Their eight and twelve was just you know was just better, and um, I thought I thought that our I really thought that reporter nailed it when he asked Coach McClellan about guys being too fancy with the puck. I thought our role players tried to do way too much tonight with the puck. I thought it was just we lost that forceful sort of entry and and just it wasn't great. And then with Griba, I was just going to put a different perspective on that last goal. Whether they bring in Benning or don't bring it in, here's what I saw. I saw who was the right winger there that finished that went in and finished that check when, when it wasn't necessary. He was a number in the 20s, so he'd have been F1 on that. Oh, check. for you know the Oilers? Yeah. Well, that, that was the Packer and then DeHarnay uh, okay. Pouliot line, because okay. Pouliot dropped his yeah, stick as been, well. That didn't help. It would have been okay. probably Packer Annan. So Packer Annan goes in. You know, he sees Crest. He goes in. He, he bangs. He's out of the play. DeHarnay's in a completely inane spot on the ice. Like, inane, best way to put it. Like, completely in la-la-la. I'm not trying to be negative, but that's where he was. And then Pouliot had the broken stick, so there's a discretion call on what you do or don't do in that situation. So I just saw Griba had to make a decision on on what he had to do, and he got over, I thought, you know, fairly quickly and got... But the, the problem on that one, though, is Griba read the play wrong. He, he picked up the wrong man. 
So he, he picked up the man that was skiing. I believe it was Nurse on the ice. So he picked up the, the player that was going to Nurse, which opened up the far lane. And uh, Griva is not fleet of foot enough to get back over and get his man. So that was, that was where he made the decision, the, the wrong decision. But it was a lot, there was a lot of things like that precipitated out. So, no, for sure he did. I guess the big thing in that situation is you want to have the, you know, the first three, you know, D1, D2, D3, or F1, F2, F3. Baharnay, to me, is the guy, the culprit in that situation tonight. And then Latestu, I mean, I thought Latestu, he didn't play a lot tonight, but, I mean, that one shift, you know, he chooses to over it or reverse it, you know, like right, right on their stick. It was just a soft play wasn't a desperate play just didn't have that force so see what happens but you know what like i just think that right now we just have a team that from from that that nine from that 10 11 and 12 forward positions if they're not playing like lights out best they can we're gonna have a really difficult time with san jose and that's fine san jose is a better team right now obviously so cam thanks for calling we appreciate it seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three you know, DeHarnay only played six minutes and seven seconds. Letestu actually played over, over 18, 18, 18 yeah. minutes. But but I think our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors, life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. And Cam referenced it there is kind of those soft plays. You and I have already talked a lot tonight, Rob, about hope plays. And I, I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to pick one guy on the no, this. No. I, I could start uh-huh. listing examples and name players, but everybody played where it was. I, ah, I think I better rim it around. Oh, well, there's nobody there. You know, like just this stuff like that kept happening. Yeah, a lot of mental mistakes that we haven't seen in the Oilers game in in months. The guys just putting pucks in bad areas. Guys putting pucks in areas where players are supposed to be and they're not there. And as Todd McClellan said the San Jose Sharks are a very very smart hockey club and they were reading the plays they were reading where the puck was going to go and they were getting there first so uh, just puck management must be better and it's not one two three players it's top to bottom 3-2 the Sharks win it two goals means a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation that coming from Booster Juice an oasis of freshness in a fast paced world they've been giving $25 for every goal all season long. Follow the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Okay, we have Joel on the open line. Joel, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, boys. How's it going? We're doing okay. Good. I just want to talk a little bit about uh, the game. Obviously, we got, uh, I think, you know, Todd McClellan touched on it. We got issues coming out of our own end real clean. You know, we don't have good puck control. Uh, when we're in the offensive zone, we're throwing it around, and, and we're not really setting up properly. And uh, next of all, I mean, in, in the overtime line, we got our fourth line on the ice three minutes in. I mean, I know we're trying to rest our guys and keep them fresh, but we're going out for a win in OT, and, and here we are throwing our fourth line out. Just curious what you guys thought of that. Well, a fair point. I mean, I mean, it is a fourth line that was a third line up until three games ago. But, yeah, you're right. It's three and a half minutes into the third period, or excuse me, into the overtime, and the fourth line is on and caught out against San Jose's best line. So... Uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't argue with you on that at all. It's uh, and obviously the the result uh, defends your side of it. So uh, yeah, the, the the fourth line that line was not did not have a strong game. Dayarne only played six minutes tonight, so it wasn't as though he had gained full confidence of the coaching staff with his play tonight. Uh, the San Jose Sharks are a deep team. Uh, I don't think they're top. Line is as strong as the other's top line, but top to bottom, they are deep. 
and you can throw their fourth line at times was their best line in the game. And the Oilers are going to have to be able to match that. They're going to have to find depth. Depth players for the Oilers are going to have to be productive when they're on the ice and not a liability because tonight the depth players of the San Jose Sharks were the much better players. So the Sharks win it 3-2 in OT. Great night for the road team on the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard. The Blues win on the road, 2-1 in overtime against the Wild. The Rangers win on the road, 2-0 over the Montreal Canadiens. The Bruins win on the road, 2-1 over the Ottawa Senators. The Pittsburgh Penguins win at home 3-1 over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Five games tonight, three more coming up tomorrow, including the Flames and the Ducks. 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Tony to Overtime Open Line. Hi, Tony. Thank you so much for calling. How are you guys tonight? Doing fine. Well, I have a a few comments here. The first one is I thought, you know, I know it's a playoff game, but I thought the refing, and yes, I am going to complain about this again because I am tired of watching bad refing games. Like, there are some, like, yeah, I admit it's playoff hockey, and, you know, there will be calls that won't be made, but we had a call against us, against Logan Couture. He wasn't even, it wasn't even an elbow, and we just basically grazed him, and we got a penalty for that. And the second, my second point was, on the Carlson overtime winner, it looked like he was offside when they passed it to him. Well, I can tell you this, that the Oilers players left the ice immediately after the goal, the coaches, uh, Tom McClellan and I think it was Jay Woodcroft, stood on the bench and watched two or three replays, and then they both got, lifted their heads and walked straight to the dressing room. They've got a. They looked at it. They have a guy in the dressing room. His only job is to take watch video, and if there is an offside on a goal, he's to call the the uh, the bench and let them know. So my guess, if no one in the Oilers thought it was offside, that it wasn't. Okay, and another point was, is, you know, Sharks are, you know, I don't mean to bring this in, I don't mean to bring this in, I know McClellan said this earlier today, but this is our first playoff game. Most of our guys haven't even seen the playoffs. They've watched them, but they've never seen them. So, you know, I this one kind of is playoff and experience because they started doing stuff that they normally don't do on a regular night. Giveaways, you know, bad passes, all this kind of stuff. I think... If the Oilers even step up just a little bit, the Sharks are in trouble. Because we have a solid goaltender, and we have a solid two lines that can actually do something. Our our bottom two, you know, they're okay, but they have a night where, you know, they don't do anything at all, and then they have nights where they're incredible. So... Well, I mean, the, and the Oilers, thanks for calling, Tony. I mean, the Oilers were the better team in the first period. There, yep. There's not by a, maybe a huge margin, nope. but they were, and, they, and they, they got a couple of goals, and then San Jose slowly throughout the second period took it over, and, and by the third, I mean, obviously it was a pretty one-sided game. These teams have now played six times this season. Usually San Jose started early, and the Oilers came on. It was kind of the reverse of that tonight. I mean, look, I'd be saying the same thing regardless of the result. This is a long way from done. The, the team that lost, it's the Oilers have to respond. Uh, and just another quick point, I just double-checked. In the final minute of the third period, and at any point in overtime, hockey operations initiates any video review. Oh, yeah. Now, if Todd and Jay would have stood on the bench and maybe insisted, who, who knows, maybe hockey ops would have, would have looked at But you can't do a coach's challenge in overtime. No, so and, there you go. and having said, I mean, as... Much as we, we're here talking about how much San Jose took the game over, I mean, it is 
the Oilers were one fluke away from winning this game. I mean, they have Kajula comes out of the penalty box on a breakaway. Mm -hmm. If he scores, it's 3-1, and Kajula's played very well as of late. And as he's shooting, his stick snaps in half. I mean, something just as simple as that. Coming out of the penalty box, scores a goal, 3-1, this game's probably over. It doesn't. Now, that's not saying that the Oilers deserve to win because they didn't. The San Jose Sharks certainly deserve to win in this hockey game. The one tough part about the Oilers not winning tonight, it allows the San Jose Sharks, if they want, a couple extra days to rest Joe Thornton. Because if they lose the first game, maybe they push Thornton back a little earlier. They win on the road, maybe it gets him in a couple extra days of rest, as Joe Thornton is a big part of this hockey team. The Japanese Village goal light is back for the playoffs, though we can't turn it on tonight. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to do that. And then you could print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village off the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown south side and north side. Melker Carlson, the overtime hero. Ward and Martin also scored for the Sharks. Clefbaum and Lucic had first period goals for the Oilers. Connor McDavid had an assist. You'll hear from the Oilers captain. When we get back, you're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630Ched. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Cole Ward, who has the San Jose goal. Came in the power play from Don Scoy and Vlasic at 143. Here's a turnover. Burns, drag move, waiting, loading, firing, and a save made by Talbot, who followed him across the top of the blue paint. Here's a blast by Joel Ward, and that sailed wide. Huge save made by Talbot to keep the momentum on the Edmonton side. Well, Cam Talbot was excellent. Just his third playoff appearance, first start of his career. He makes 41 saves, but has to take the loss. The save of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. 3-2 San Jose wins in overtime. They uh, start to dominate in the second period. They completely dominate the third and then get the OT winner to take game one. We'll go back to the phone lines in just a minute. But for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices, here's Oilers captain Connor McDavid. Um, you know, we definitely got off the start we wanted. Um, you know, kind of the opposite story of, of what we had been doing to them um, you know, in the season where they would get off the hard, st- hard starts. Um, you know, we did a good job. Starting the game, but uh, we got to finish uh, you know, with that that win. I mean, we, we were in a good spot going in the third period. Those are games you have to win. What did they do well to limit your guys' shots? I think you only had maybe six or seven in the last two periods. Yeah, um, you know, they had the puck all night. They, they played in our zone. Um, you know, when, when, when you don't have the puck, you're not going to get many shots on goal. So you know, I still thought we had our chances. Um, yeah, but they did a good job. So they talked your first game. Go ahead. Yeah, first game, Connor, just, uh, just the, uh, the intensity of it. Was it what you expected? Yeah, it was a fun game. It was exciting. Um, you know, fun to be out there. The crowd was great. Um, we definitely appreciate that. So um, everything you, you could dream of uh, as a kid playing in the playoffs. We talked about the experience and maybe things this team hasn't seen. Did they raise their game to a level in the second period? That is that something this team hasn't experienced before? Uh, I'm not too sure. Um, you know, whether they raised their game or, or our game fell off, uh, you know, it's tough to say. Um, you know, I thought maybe we got a little bit comfortable, which can't happen. So um, we got to find a way to play the, the full 60. You're used to having to fight through tight checking and stuff. Was it tough not to get a little bit frustrated at how tight the checking was sometimes? Tonight? No, not at all. Um, you know, I was, I was, uh, it was fine. Um, you know, I thought uh, our line did a good job producing chances. Um, you know, I was happy with that. That's Connor McDavid. Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers' room tonight. Connor McDavid does have an, an assist. 
a point, at least a point in 15 straight games, though for record-keeping purposes. <laughs> they, they separate the regular season and the postseason. Milan Lucic had a goal and assist for Edmonton tonight. Did the Oilers get a little comfortable, do you think? I mean, I almost hate to, to say this, but was the start almost too good to be true? When seems uh, to say in hindsight. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I know we, we see it a lot. You, you'll be watching a game, you and I up here, and we'll see a team get off to a big start. And you think, oh, this game's over, but there's so much time left. And sometimes you start to sit on a lead instead of doing the things that got you the lead. And the other team, it's as whenever a team's falling behind, they start to throw everything at you because they got nothing to lose, and they start getting momentum. And once they get that, I mean, the first goal, the goal that they got on the power play to start the second period, that was huge. That gave them belief. And now they had the belief, and they just kept on going. And the others tightened up a little bit. And we saw a team that we have watched over the last couple months with a lead in a third period, how it took control. We saw a team tonight with the lead, hoping that the clock ticked faster. And they didn't play the same way. They were hoping for the win instead of going out and getting the win. And the San Jose Sharks made them pay. So it's a learning uh, lesson for them. Uh, They should be a better team for it in the next game. But the next game just becomes that much bigger for them. You you just don't want to fall down 2-0 going home to San Jose. So they've got to come out with an effort from start to finish, not just to start the game. 3-2, the Sharks win it. Melker Carlson, the game winner. He's the first star tonight. Cam Talbot mentioned his 41 saves. He's the second star. And Brent Burns, who was his dynamic beard itself this evening, eight shots on goal, though he didn't get a point. He had another seven shots blocked and another three that were wide, so he attempted 18 <laughs> shots this evening. He's the third star. Our fourth star is for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out meauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Uh, he had a quiet game. You didn't notice him, but in, in a in a good way, Adam Larson, eight hits tonight. He needed to be a physical force out there, and he was. I mean, it's hard to find someone offensively when the Oilers didn't seem to have the puck in their, on their stick very much. So on the back end, I thought Adam had a, a, pr- a pretty strong game. He played 22 minutes, which was second on the team and he led the team and led the game with eight hits. 780-496-0063. Oilers lose 3-2 in OT. We have Jason on the line. Hi, Jason. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Uh, I've been a Sharks fan since I was a kid, so I was pretty happy about uh, the way things turned out tonight. But um, let's be clear, though. like the Sharks won every minute of this game aside from the first 15. And uh, the Oilers came out red hot, no doubt. But like you said, I mean, the uh, they seem to uh, just play uh, defense after that. And so, I guess what I'm wondering is, in from your point of view, like the Oilers came out physical and uh, very physical, more so than in the regular season. And uh, that was obviously like a conscious effort on their part. But they're not a physical team. I mean, there's. They're, they're a pretty soft team, I think you'd agree. I no, mean, no, no. I, I disagree on that one. I think in the past, the Oilers have been uh, a, a, a softer type team. The team that they've got built right now is is not soft. It is a physical team. And they they have been the most, when they play against the Anaheims and the St. Louis's and teams that have pushed them around for a number of years, they've been the bullies this year. So this this is what they they have been built to play like. Uh, to be a physical team, and they're much better at it. The problem for them tonight is they started it, but they stopped it, and they weren't as physical as the game went on. You know, I also I, I didn't think the Sharks were playing 
that well, even when they were dominating the game. I thought Burns looked a little sloppy at times. I thought, uh, you know, Couture is using the mask, and that obviously impedes him a little bit. And then, of course, you don't have Thornton. So, I mean, if I was an Oilers fan, I'd be pretty worried right now. I disagree with your previous caller. I think that this could be as good as it gets for the Oilers. So I think they need to ask more of their their lower lines. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, game two, and, uh, you know, we're going to hit them with the hind. All right, Jason, thanks for calling. We well, appreciate it. You know, I'm going to one big disagreement I'm going to have with that caller is he said that Brett Burns was slow. I thought Brent Burns was outstanding in this game. Every time he stepped on the ice, you notice. And he's a defenseman. How much did Burns play tonight in the game? 27 27 So most defensemen that play that type of minutes, there you see Suter plays that, Dowdy, they're... They, they conserve energy at times during the game because you can't play all out that much over and over and over. And I didn't see him conserving any energy at all tonight. He was an absolute beast in this game, was dominant in both the offensive and defensive ends. So uh, I, I know he's a San Jose Shark fan, and he feels that the San Jose Sharks are where they want to be in the series. But I completely disagree with him on Brent Burns. I thought he was excellent. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Andrew on the line, who's also going to finish the play. Andrew, you've already got an eight-day parking pass to JetSet We Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. We'll play the contest in a second. But first, what's on your mind? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I have to uh, disagree. Also, with the previous guy, like Edmonton, playing has been playing super physical in the last few games, but like. You know, just watching the game, they seem to slow down in the second, and then they completely shut down in the third. Like, is this, like, what are you guys' opinions on this? Is this, like, does this come down to experience? Like, there's less experienced guys on Edmonton? Um, like, Well, I mean, it's funny. They they asked um, Peter DeBoers, the coach of uh, the, the San Jose Sharks, the question about is it the experience that got you guys through, and he said, it was his least experienced players that were their best players tonight. So I, I don't know if that's why. I think that the, the Oilers got up to such a good start that maybe they backed off a little bit. And the San Jose Sharks, they played with desperation through the final 40 minutes, 43 minutes, because they needed to. And the Oilers, once they started to try and ramp it back up, they, it was just too big a hill because San Jose was just pushing everything forward. Now, I believe before this series, there's a lot of people talking, a lot of people trying to decide who's going to win this series. And, and Edmonton was getting a lot of pundits were deciding or talking that the fact that the Oilers were going to win this series. I think a lot of people saw how San Jose had finished the season and didn't think that maybe they it was done. The San Jose Sharks with the injuries, they finished poorly. I always believed the San Jose Shark was a good team, was a very good team. I, they, this is a team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. They've got depth. They got a good goaltender. They have the best defenseman in the league. Now they have a couple of injuries. Well, tonight they showed that they can play through those injuries. This is going to be a long series. I don't think that the series is over for the Oilers by any means. And I think the San Jose Sharks, yes, they're in a good position right now. But I see this series go six, seven games because there are two very good hockey clubs. And tonight. Battle one went to the San Jose Sharks. The Oilers have to respond on Friday. Yeah, hopefully they do. I mean, the big worry for me is, like the guy in the previous phone call said, is Thornton. Like, yeah, I he's, mean. He's good. Yep, and he's got the experience, and he's got the beard. <laughs> he he, <laughs> he does have definitely, beard. definitely has that. Uh, Andrew, we're hoping you have your name entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. 
Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Here's finish the play. Toward the side of the net. Turns, tried to stuff it inside to Nugent Hopkins. Twisted off a stick after the point shot. All right, there is a shot by Chris Russell. Is it a goal or not? You know what, because I thought, I, you know, I've been hearing a lot that uh, Russell is going to be a big player this series. I'm going to have to say it went in. It's a goal. Did you, oh, did you watch the game, buddy? Well, it's from tonight's times. game. It's from oh, it's t- from tonight's, it's from yeah, tonight's yeah. game. Oh, yeah, no, it didn't go in, though. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was there was a few times I was at the bathroom. So. All right. Toward the side of the net. Turns, tried to stuff it inside to Nugent Hopkins. Twisted off a stick after the point. Shot Sekra. And that was redirected wide to Martin Jones. Now pounded on net by Russell. Sharp angle. Well, a couple shots in there. Neither one went in because it was in, it was in overtime. Andrew, you're, uh, you win, finish the play tonight. Thanks for calling. Bruce is up next on the phone line. You're going to hear from Cam Talbot, Logan Couture as well. Sharks take it 3-2 in overtime. Canadian score, Brewhouse Rogers overtime. Place in on, overtime. Oh, oh, San Jose 3, Edmonton 2, Melker Carlson, the game winner at 322 of the extra session. Joel Ward had San Jose's first goal to ignite their comeback. His comments for Challenge Insurance Group, Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Early in the second kind of turned things around. Is that fair to say? Yeah, gained some momentum. We're down by two, but I I thought we were playing well. They had two chances. Um, A couple good bounces there, but I thought we were were still playing well. We just needed a little bit of a lift, and, you know, it was good to kind of put one home and and, uh, start it off for the the fellas. When you you get down 2 nothing like that in a barn this excited, (laughs) I mean, is that, you just need something to calm you down, but I mean, I imagine the experience that you guys have would do that too. Well, we're playing well, so I mean, we're just, what we've done all year is just believe in the process, stay with it, believe in one another, and, and try to make plays, and you know, it's a long game, so it's, it's a, you may not win in the next couple of minutes, but if you just stay with it and stay positive, you know, give yourselves some chances. You guys had to like the way you played against McDavid tonight. He obviously had an assist on the second goal, but overall, it wouldn't uh, what you guys think of the job you did on it tonight? Uh, it was good. You know, I thought it was a good team game. I thought we uh, came back, played the three zones really well. Um, you know, obviously, we're just trying to eliminate as time and space for most guys as possible. And, um, you know, just trying to execute. I think keeping pucks in is key. And, you know, if we can put more pressure on them and getting pucks in deep and, and uh, make them go all the way back, that's more helpful. Joel Ward played well tonight for San Jose. Scott Johnson working the visitors' dressing room. Sharks up 1-0 in the series. Game 2 will be Friday at 8.30. We'll have the face-off show starting at 6 here on 6.30, Chad. 780-496-0063. Bruce, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead, sir. Hi there. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing very well. I, uh, I was at the game tonight. I wasn't too happy with the result, but... That last game in, that they played Vancouver, I watched that one, and I was very concerned at the turnovers and the lack of commitment to uh, to certain plays there that the team had. And I was wondering, this is not the way this team should be going into the playoffs because they're, they're going to get exposed by a better team. And, and I found that tonight they got schooled by a better playoff-tested veteran team, and it showed there. Uh, it was. It was no doubt that they were. Uh, they were the. They were the lesser team. That was my first. My first concern. But my second concern is why we can't win a face-off in the offensive zone. If, for the most part, on our power play, we're spending 20, 30 seconds recovering from a, a dump puck to, to start the power play. Why aren't we bringing up 
an Anton Lander who can win a face-off. DeHarnay really doesn't serve a purpose as far as I can see. Well, DeHarnay had a tough night for sure. I mean, it, I mean, at the end, to me, the Bruce, it, to be quite blunt, the Anton Lander discussion is not even worth having. He's yeah, he's had numerous opportunities here. He doesn't do enough other things at even an average level to play in the NHL on a day-to-day basis. So I, I don't think he's going to come up to to help a little bit in the in the face-off circle. But having said that, you are correct. The Oilers are not a good face-off team and they need to be better. And one of the reasons that Mark Letestu moved was moved on to the first power play unit was they wanted to win the face-off off the bat. And he turned out not only could he win face-offs, he could one-time the puck. But the, the Oilers, it's something probably that you'll see in the offseason. They may try to get better in the offseason with a, a centerman that can win draws. They, they talked about it at the deadline. They weren't able to acquire the, the, the player that they, they probably needed. But it is, it is an issue. When you are on a power play and you don't win a face-off and the puck gets iced, you've just wasted 25 seconds. When you're killing a penalty and you don't win a face-off, well, now the other team is set up in your own zone without having to waste any time off the clock. Face-offs are critical, and the Oilers, unfortunately, are not a good face-off team. But if you're going to play a guy six or eight minutes a night, an Anton Lander serves a purpose. If, it, if his only purpose is to win a face-off, in either zone to, to start the power play and then he changes off. I mean, you've, you're, you've succeeded. I mean, but Anton Lander, I think, what was he, 55%, 56%? Yeah, he was 56 this year so, in 20, I mean, 22 games. So, I mean, he's barely above 50. I mean, that's good. Well, 56 is 50 quite, quite is good, good, but it's it's only barely above winning half of them. No, no, he was 56. Yeah, which is barely above winning half of them because 50% is half of them. Yeah, well, so, but a lot of guys who win 53 are considered yeah, good, though. Yeah, right? uh, no, but I'm not, okay, I'm going by, I'm, it's not that I'm saying he's, 56 is good, but he's barely winning above half of his face-offs, and that's all he can do. He can't play at this level. So you're asking him, to a guy that wins 56 out of 100 face-offs, to be up here. He's not capable of playing at this level. And that's why he's not here. They've got other players. Uh, maybe a Jujar Kara gets in the lineup. He's not going to be on your power play or your penalty killing. But maybe he gets in and wins, takes face-off. Maybe Hendricks gets back in the lineup to take face-offs. But the problem for the others, the guys that are best at face-offs, uh, like an Anton Lander, are not capable of playing at this type of level. And, and the Oilers won 47 games as the 30th face-off yeah. team in the league. And, I mean, they had games they won where they were under 40%. Oh, yeah, they, they were getting they were, crushed. They were at, yes. 40, they were at 43 tonight. Fair, fair concern by, by Bruce. I, I just don't see Lander as the solution, and it's obviously not getting fixed in the in the short term. No, in this playoff year, it's they're not getting it fixed because they've their best face-off this guys. This Yeah, this is their team. The best two face-off guys are Letestu and Drysaddle. All right, 780-496-0063. It's midnight. We're coming back after the news. Oilers lose 3-2. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime this Open Line. This is on Overtime Oilers Radio Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Good morning. Five minutes after midnight. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. The Oilers are back in the playoffs. Their return ends in a 3-2 overtime loss to the San Jose Sharks. Clefbaum and Lucic in the first period. Ward early in the second. Martin, 522 into the third. Carlson, 322 into overtime. San Jose shooting Edmonton, 44-19, including 24-5 in the third period and overtime. The Oilers will have to work on some things, obviously, for game two on Friday. 780 496 
0063. Uh, I'm just going to read this text quickly. Rob Brown, this should include me as well because I say the same things. Why are you so mean towards Anton Lander? He's proved in Bakersfield that he can do a lot more than winning faceoffs. Anton's been lighting it up for several months. And except for a good run under Todd Nelson where he was half a point per game, mm-hmm. half a point in the NHL, he has never done that in the NHL. And there's a lot of guys who have our elite point produce. I mean, Taylor Beck was over a point a game before oh. the Oilers traded the, the and when he came up he didn't contribute to no, the NHL. I like Anton Lander. He, he's a good kid, and, and I wish him well, and I hope that he finds success somewhere in the National Hockey League. But I just, he's a half a step behind in his decision making. He's a half a step behind in his skating. Uh, in the minors, you get a little more time to make that decision. You get a little more time with the puck on your stick to make your play. So you can have success down there. He just couldn't do it at this level, and the Oilers have better players up here. And let's not. I realize this is disappointing. They won 12 of their last 14 games. Yeah. You know, one playoff loss doesn't mean let's start plucking guys up from the farm and, and think that's going to be the solution. We have Fred on the open line. Fred, good to hear from you. Hello? Hi, Fred. Go ahead. Hey, how are you tonight? We're doing great. Hey, Rob, a question for you. Did you ever use a composite hockey stick when you played? I don't think so. No, I never did. I, I ended my career using an aluminum one with a wooden blade. I, I don't like the composite. I don't, for me, it's not that there's no feel to it. I use one now because they last forever when I'm teaching hockey schools, but I didn't, I never could uh, handle the puck or shoot where I wanted to shoot with them. You know what? If I was the coach or the GM of the team, they'd all go to uh, Sherwood 5030s <laughs> or else they'd go to Victoriaville's. A stick should not break on a breakaway. That was just crazy. I'm like, I've never seen that in my life. A breakaway in a stick breaks like that. And that could have been a huge turning point. But you know what? The Oilers got schooled tonight by a better hockey team tonight. Uh, they didn't go to the Stanley Cup final, you know, by chance. It was uh, a lot of hard work. And, hey, it's a good learning experience tonight, I think, anyway. But what do you guys think of putting Mr. Hendricks on that fourth line as a center? Well, I, I, I think that something will probably happen for the next game. I mean, the fact that Day played six minutes means there's not a lot of trust. Um, so I would think that the coaching staff is pro- may look at putting someone else on their fourth line that they have more trust in. Can uh, because the San Jose Sharks they roll four lines. They are t- they are a deep team, and if you're going to be able to play against a deep team, then you must be able to use your depth as well. And you got to have trust in your depth. So uh, a Hendricks does win faceoffs. Um, some would question his speed. You certainly will never question his heart. Uh, he, he could be the guy that goes in there. It could be a uh, Jujar Kara. Although if you're looking for experience, I think Hendricks offers more of that. And uh, I don't know which way they're going to go, but I do believe there will be a change. And I would be surprised if they are played on Friday night. And not that that's the big thing, the fourth nope. line, but uh, Mr. Burns, you know what? The new version of Chris Pronger sure looked good tonight. That guy, like that uh, snapshot, wrist shot, whatever you want to call it, wow, that guy can just blast it. And uh, 
The Oilers got their work cut out for them, but it's only one game. Uh, I do understand you got to win four out of seven, not one out of seven. So, you know, the sky's not falling in Edmonton yet. And uh, they've got a lot of work to do. Talbot played amazing tonight. Uh, there's two of those goals that, you know what, when you're, Rob, here's another question for you. Shouldn't the defenseman be flattening guys in front of the net? There's two of those goals right in front of Talbot. The defenseman should have been on them and uh, taking them out. But uh, good learning experience. You know what, you got to learn how to lose before you're going to win. It's, Thanks, Fred. It's true. I, I, one of the goals, it was. Well, Kajula lost Martin. Yes, he did. On, yeah. on the time, but goal. on that, but on that, it but started there was a scramble. It started before that. Russell got on the wrong side of his man. Yep, he got on the wrong side of his man. So then he was in chase mode, and, and I believe it was Hurdle made a fantastic move to the net, and then it became a scramble, and Kajula missed his man on the power play goal that Ward scored. You saw that Griba went behind the net before it came in front, so he lost his man. Ward would allowed Ward to get positioning. And when you allow a big, strong man like Ward to get positioning, you're not going to gain it back. So Griba got caught behind the net. By the time he came back out in front, it was too late. Ward was there, and you're not going to move him. So, yeah, the Oilers was not good enough. I think you can go up and down their lineup. I don't know other than Talbot if you can say that any Oiler played up to where their, their expectations are for them to play. So that means they can only go up in Friday because they all need to be better. Well, they only had nine shots over the last <laughs> 43 minutes of, of, of play. And we talked about it. It was uh, losing puck battles or not even getting to the puck battle in time. It was when they did have the puck. I mean, Bob called it the yips. I thought that was interesting because it wasn't like, I mean, and look, it's both ways. San Jose picks up the pressure. You have to expect that. How are you going to react to it? But there were also plays where the Oilers had time, mm-hmm. and they started to rush, though. And we've talked about that, Rob. It's like the effect of, of you know hitting a quarterback a couple times in the first quarter. Then he starts making bad passes when he has time. And I thought the Oilers looked like that. They assumed that a guy was on them instead of taking that split second to make a better play. Yeah, you're right. There was a, a number of times where the Oilers made... Uh, mental mistakes where they put the puck where the puck shouldn't have been. Uh, there's four or five times in the, I guess that would be the first, second, third period where the Oilers defenseman went back and felt pressure and threw the puck to the other side, but there was no pressure there at all. And the only San Jose player was at the place where the puck was going to. So uh, another thing that 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 is that results from is lack of communication. When you're communicating well in a hockey game, those blind passes, those hope passes don't happen as much because your players are telling you where to put the puck. They're saying, okay, hard rim, hard rim, not soft, or up the boards. So there was probably a lack of communication, which resulted in a lot of players making ill-advised plays with the puck, and San Jose just ate it up. They... They played a very smart hockey game from the beginning of the second period on. It's a veteran hockey club that they've played together, played a lot of important games together. They understand how each other plays, and, and they got what they needed. They got the split at least now in Edmonton. Now they're going to be going for the next game, which is so important for the Oilers to come back and win. Sharks one for six on the power play. Edmonton one for three. Rob, they're actually uh, there was a four-on-four goal as well tonight. So just two of the five goals were scored five-on-five cleft bombs, and then the overtime winner by Carlson. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll welcome Robert to the show. Hi, Robert. Hi, Reed. Hi, Rob. 
Go ahead, buddy. I think it was just uh, just a couple thoughts. I don't. I think it's. Uh, I think it's a little too early to panic. I mean, I mean, we're only down. We're only down one game to nothing, and I mean, San Jose completely outplayed the Oilers the last two periods. So, I mean, I think think if you're the Oilers, you just, you need to put this game behind you and focus on Game Two on Friday. No, you're absolutely right. I, the one the one tough thing for the Oilers tonight is you never want to waste a great goalie effort, and Cam Talbot was great tonight. Um, so you, you don't want you don't want to at the end of the night say, oh, you know, our goalie just made 41 saves. He was sensational, and we got nothing out of it. So I think that there there may be a few others playing guilty on Friday, feeling that they can be better. Uh, I think now they've also got the for the guys that are playing their first playoff game, they've now got it under their belt. They they've seen what the atmosphere is like. They see what the refing is like. They see how, how much harder San Jose came and pushed on them. So now there won't be any surprises coming into Friday's game. I would expect a much better effort, and hopefully uh, the Oilers will get a couple bounces, a couple breaks, and we'll go back to San Jose split 1-1. Yeah, and this team has been good at parking it, so hopefully they're able to do that. And I mean, if this had, if the first period play had continued and it was a, a 5 nothing win, I mean, I don't think they'd be down there spraying champagne on no. each other either. So I, they'll come to practice tomorrow and work, and hopefully their trend of... Uh, uh, you know, learning from a tough game is, is going to continue. But you mentioned Cam Talbot played extremely well. 41 saves. Let's go downstairs. Here's the Oilers goaltender. No, that's a disappointing finish, Cam. Just, just take us through the one that got by you at the end there. Uh, not really much to say. I mean, comes down on two-on-one semi-breakaway, I guess. Snaps it and beat me clean. Not much you can say about that. The... They took the puck, the game away from you guys after 20 minutes, the second and third period. They had the puck all night. Did, from where you sat, what changed? Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure. I mean, we did a lot of good things in the first period, and I think we kind of just got away from it a little bit. Um, we weren't coming out as as a group. Uh, guys were kind of leaving the zone a little bit early, and they were keeping pucks in and, and uh, making us play extra zone time when we didn't need to. So uh, we just need to work on coming out as a group and making sure the puck gets out of their blue or get out of our blue and gets deep at their blue. How do you think this group did? There was so much talk about the first time for so many guys. What did, what did you sense out of the team? I, mean, I thought we came out of the gate really well. Um, we did a lot of good things in the first period, like I said, and then we just kind of got away from those things. I mean, um, that's going to happen. They, they're, uh, they're a very good team, very experienced, like we talked about before. And, and uh, we knew that, I mean, after the first period, that the game wasn't over and that they were going to make a push, and they did. And we did everything we could to weather it, but came out on the wrong end tonight. This is a great desk, Cam Talbot. Thanks, Brendan Ulrich, work of the Oilers dressing room tonight. Talbot played well, but disappointed, takes the loss. Sharks win it 3-2 in overtime. Game two is coming up on Friday. We had Michael up next on the phone line. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630. Melker Carlson sends Oilers fans to bed in a foul mood tonight. He scores the overtime winner. The Sharks go up 1-0 in the best of 7. 3-2 is your final. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for staying up. It's 22 minutes after midnight. Michael is on the phone line. Hey, Michael, thanks for Hello, giving us a call. Uh, um, you guys, uh, what do you think about the play of... Oilers, and do you think they need to change up their lines, or do you think the coaching staff needs to do something? 
Um, I, I don't think they're going to change up their first two lines. Uh, they may bring uh, a different player in to put on their fourth line. Their third line, actually, they, they weren't bad early. Um, I, I just think you're not going to blow everything up because you have one loss. This is a team that went 12-2 and two with mainly the same lineup over the last little while. They played well together. They, they had a bad game. The San Jose Sharks came in and did what they needed to do, and, and they schooled the others at times. So I don't think there's any time to panic. Uh, this is the same San Jose team. The Oilers beat three times down the stretch. San Jose's good. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. I think a lot of people overest or excuse me underestimated them because of the way they finished the season and because they have some injuries. But a team that goes to the Stanley Cup Finals has to be good. They have to have depth. And we saw that tonight. The Oilers just have to be better. I don't think you need to make line changes. Really, I just think the players that are in the lines have to be better. And the coaching staff, the, I mean, look, that's been the solution for the Oilers' problems most of the year is work. I mean, they, they'll they watch video tomorrow, which might even be as important or more important, Rob, than, than what they actually do physically on the ice. I don't know if it'll be a full practice. As you know, mm-hmm. as a player, there's a lot of optionals at this time of year. I, I mean, guys know how to <laughs> skate, shoot, and all that stuff. So, I mean, they'll they'll work. They'll watch the video. They'll, they'll address the deficiencies. They'll say, okay, what did San Jose do that maybe either caught us by surprise or we didn't react well to? And, and that's the work that'll get done. And, I, look, I, I have faith that'll happen because I saw the practice the day after they clinched the playoff spot against the L.A. Kings. And it, it was – now, I don't see the practices on the road, but I see all the ones at home. And that – it was probably one of the five crispest practices and hardest working practices that I've seen all, all year. There was no, like, okay, well, we'll, we'll – slough off for a day because we finally are in, in the playoffs. No, I mean, I, I, the hard work's the solution. It, it is, and I think uh, we're also maybe not giving enough credit for the for the game San Jose played. I mean, right now we keep talking about they weren't good at this, the others are doing that wrong. San Jose played well. They came in and did everything that they wanted to do. And at the end of the night, they got exactly what they deserved. The others now have to go back and become the team that we see, saw at the end of the season. Find the work ethic. Find the uh, the crisp game. Find the right decisions. Uh, and, and come back and do that on Friday night. I, there was no way that this was going to be a, a sweep for the Edmonton Oilers. This was a series that it had to go six or seven, whichever way it ended. But it was going to go six or seven because these are two very good hockey clubs. They were evenly matched more or less through the course of the regular season if you look at their wins and loss record. Uh, they've always had good games against each other. There's been games the Oilers have won that they didn't deserve to win, and vice versa. So this was exactly what you you, you want. I mean, the, you don't want the outcome, but an exciting hockey game. And it's only going to get better, as I believe the Oilers are going to be a much better team on Friday night. Logan Couture able to play with a full cage. He took that puck to the mouth a couple of weeks ago down to the Sharks' locker room. Here's Couture. How did you feel it went for, for yourself? How did you feel out there? I don't think I was very good. I don't think I was uh, very effective. Um, but I'm happy to, to get a game under my belt. Um, I, I can play a lot better than I did tonight. But uh, The team won, and at uh, this point of the year, that's all that matters. Did you feel that grind ahead? Um, I mean, he got his elbow up in my head, 
a penalty, just like I said this morning. If they're going to run around and, you know, make hits like that, um, they're going to go to the penalty box, and I'm sure Todd's not too happy with that. So it's part of the game, part of hockey getting hit, um, and uh, they took a lot of penalties tonight. You're glad you played tonight, right? Am I? Yeah, of course. I mean, we, we won the game. Yeah. I just wasn't very good. Okay. Well, so what do you, what are your, what are your uh, key points to think about tomorrow for, in terms of for, me? Improve, for, improve, for improving for game two, you personally? Uh, I think it was just good to handle the puck and feel mm-hmm. the pressure. And I mean, it's two and a half weeks. It doesn't sound like a long time, but it is a long time when you don't go, um, you, you don't play games. And mm-hmm. for me, I, I enjoy handling the puck, and I was just off with timing and, and stick handling and making plays, receiving passes. Everything was, wasn't there. So, um, you know, another day of practice tomorrow, and I'll hopefully get better. What about the cardio? I felt okay, not great. Okay. You did have other guys step up, though, you know, guys like Don Skoy and Hart. Yeah. Maybe didn't have the kind of regular seasons they wanted, but encouraging to see that. Time. That's the best I've seen Tommy Hurdle playing a long time. He says he was a bull, big, strong, 225. Guys couldn't push him off the puck, taking it to the net. I think he put 14 pucks toward the, towards the net. Um, he plays like that. He's tough to defend. Uh, what, what happened between the first and second period in here? Just uh, stick with it, not, not any Yeah, I mean, not, not much. I mean, Pete just, just like he always is, kept us positive, kept us mm-hmm. just just built confidence in us said play your game and mm-hmm. we'll go out and, you know, turn things around, and that's what we did. We we forechecked them hard. Mm-hmm. They got caught on some on some long shifts. Porto scored a big goal. And, um, you know, for the rest of the game, I think from the second period on, we we had control of that game. It was just a matter of time before the puck was going to go in. Logan Couture back in the Sharks lineup tonight. He helps them beat the Edmonton Oilers 3-2 in overtime. All right, the Oilers practice tomorrow. Next game, 8.30 Friday night. Game two in this best of seven. Our coverage on 6.30, Chad, will start with the face-off show at 6. Don't forget Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. That's later today. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Steve Steos will be one of my guests. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at the 6.30 Chad Broadcasting Compound. Our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. More on 630Ched.com. Sharks take it 3-2 in overtime. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.